Abba Father, we bless you. Such an awesome God, we thank you for today. It's a privilege, it's an honor to stand before you. We thank you for the gift of another day. Thank you for all that you have prepared for us today. We yield ourselves, we come full of expectations, with teachable spirits. We say, Father, speak. Your children will hear you. That as we live here today, as you've spoken into our ears, we shall be, O oh God, doers of all we hear today. So that in this way, your name will be glorified. Your purpose for today will be fulfilled. Our joy shall be fulfilled. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Praise God. So today we are continuing with what we started last Sunday. So God is about to perfect all that he started on Sunday. Amen. And so our topic remains wisdom in relationship. And um, today I'm taking my main text from 1 Corinthians 1.30. And I use the New King James Version, which most of us are more familiar with. It says, but of him, you are in Christ Jesus, who became for us wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. Amen. Jesus has become your righteousness. Jesus has become your sanctification, your redemption. And Jesus is your wisdom. Amen. You better, if you have nothing else, if, you have not, if you're not living here today with anything, you better live here today with this. Amen? So we look at Proverbs 4, 7 in Amplified Classic. It says, the beginning of wisdom is get wisdom. <laughs> skillful and godly wisdom. For skillful and godly wisdom is the principal thing. And with all you have gotten, get understanding, discernment, comprehension, and interpretation. Amen. We're just quickly going through what we did last week. So the NLT version says, getting wisdom is the wisest thing you can do. And whatever else you do, develop good judgment. So what does wisdom mean? You know? So like I said, we went to the website, looked at the website on Bridge Dictionary. And it defines wisdom as knowledge and the capacity to make use of it. Not just knowledge, but the capacity, the ability to make use of that knowledge. Amen. If you acquire all the knowledge in the world, you can get all your doctorates, 10 doctorates. You have all those knowledge and you have no wisdom. It's a wasted level. According to the word of God. It is the ability to apply knowledge. Divine wisdom is the ability to use this knowledge. And today we've seen that wisdom is given to you in Christ. It is something that comes down from above. It's a supernatural gift to you because you're the create, recreated spirit in Christ. Spiritual wisdom is not just knowing what is good for you, but applying that knowledge into your everyday life. God has been made wisdom in Christ to you. So that means that the wisdom and the ability of God is imparted to us in Christ. 
we have access, you have access to this wisdom. See, when you, we talked about the illustration of the vine and the branches, it, we said it perfectly illustrates what we're talking about. The branch is a part of the vine. He is the vine. The vine furnishes all the life that comes up out of the ground through the roots. But what does the branch do? Branches bear all the fruit and have the leaves and blossom. The vine and the branch are united. They are one. They are completely one. Just like you, the believer, you, you are united with Christ in the same way that we just read now. It's a union of life in life. It's a union of nature in nature. You're completely one with him. All that he is is yours. And all that you are is his too. Amen? And that is why I'm looking at, so how do I even get about this wisdom? I know that Christianity, like we talked about, is called the great profession, the great confession. So we looked at Hebrews 3, 1 that says, the holy brethren, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our confession. That is your profession, Christ Jesus. The Hebrews 4, 14 says, seeing then that, we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens. Jesus, the son of God. Let us hold fast our profession. And to hold fast simply means to say, to stay fully committed to that which you are saying. Your confession or your profession, whichever one it is. So according to this strong accordance that I read, it says homo means same. So you continue to say the same thing that God has said concerning you. To profess means to speak the same words. Say the same thing as God has said it. Amen. So we must speak. When we speak, we speak with what? Caution. We must speak the truth about what we are in Christ, no matter the situation we are passing through. And to get that wisdom, that's one way. You cannot go beyond what you are confessing. You have to confess to your friends wherever you are, in your family, in that relationship, your spouse, your children. You need to confess what the word of God says concerning you. You have to give him credit for all his ability, for this wisdom. You dare to make that confession boldly every day. Make it boldly, that confession. Jesus has become my wisdom. And you see your confidence begin to come up. And you see, you begin to succeed in all you do because you're confessing Jesus. And you cannot rise. It says one cannot rise or fall to the level of their confession. You rise or fall to the level of your confession. The more you confess the word of God, the more you declare it concerning that situation. Whatever God has said, the more you declare, you begin to believe it. Faith comes up. With that hand of faith, you grab whatever it is that is given to you. Amen. One does not enjoy more of the reality of spiritual truth than he confesses, like we said last week. You know, your faith is measured, from what I'm saying now, by your confession. You cannot be confessing negative, and then you're getting something positive. It doesn't happen like that. You have to agree with God. Two have to work together before they agree. If God has said something concerning that situation, your marriage, your children, your job, 
your business and you're declaring something different, it's not going to work. Praise God. You have to agree with God and you see things will begin to happen. So we receive wisdom only in the measure that we confess that Christ is our wisdom. Amen. So, and then this kind of wisdom, like we said last week, comes down from above and it comes in response, like I'm saying, to you acting on that word, believing God, you know, being on the same side with God. And God begins to respond to you based on your acting on that word. God only responds to us as we act on his word. So we use that thing that we teach all the time about electricity. Electricity is in your room. It's in this house now, yes. It is wired and everything is in perfect condition. All you need to do is do what? Touch the body and the light comes on. So it's the same thing with you. The ability of God already, this wisdom is in you. It's at your disposal. It is there with you. In other words, until you place your confidence in God, trust him, agree with him, that thing will remain dormant. The ability in God will remain dormant. But once you begin to act on that word and depend on him, God makes it good. He's watching over his word to make it right in your situation. Amen? So we must grow in this sense of God's presence, the presence of God in us. We have to learn how to depend on him and expect him to respond. And when we do that, your expectation will not be cut off. Amen. So we looked at, again, Exodus 31, 1 to 6. We saw those artisans that were building the tabernacle. Exodus 31, it says, Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, See, I have called by name Basilel, the son of Uri, the son of Hor, the, son, the tribe of Judah, and have filled him with the Spirit of God in wisdom, in understanding, in knowledge, and in all manner of workmanship to design artistic works, to work in gold, in silver, in bronze, in cutting jewels of satin, in carving wood, and in work of all manner of workmanship. And I did have appointed with him Aholiab, the son of Ahisamach, of the tribe of Dan, and I have put wisdom in the hearts of all the gifted artisans that they may make all that I have commanded you. They are gifted already. But what is God doing? If he calls you to do something, he equips you for it. He enables you. He said, I've now put wisdom in, in them, all these ones. God personally appointed them. He said, I have called them by name. I have put wisdom in them. They were given favor before God to carry out the responsibility in his behalf. Amen. So wisdom, he gave them wisdom. And that is the, base, the basic concept behind this um, word wisdom is synonymous with the English word skill. It is a word we said with why I was I'm just reading the um the this dictionary thing that I you know I copied out. He says it's a word with wide ranging application. For instance, in Proverbs 4 7, Solomon advises wisdom is the principal thing, therefore get wisdom where we read earlier. But in that context it means skill in living, skill in common sense. Skill in your relationships with other people. We are to become skilled at doing these things. In your call as a wife, it's a call. 
believe me, <laughs> without the Spirit of God, you cannot be what God has ordained for you to be. So in whatever you're doing, in that position where you find yourself, what do you do? You need that skill. You need the wisdom so that you can excel in what God has called you to do. Praise the Lord. So as we continue to roll, so we can get to what we have to discuss today, a few things that we have to add to today. So God gave these craftsmen supernatural power for them to operate in his behalf, to produce good fruit within the purpose of God, and therefore it was of God. But then, that was then. But today, it's a different case. Look at Luke 24, 49. To know that you're not going, you're not walking, you're not on this journey by yourself. God has made a way. God has already prepared you. Luke 24, 49 says, listen carefully. I am sending the promise of my father, the Holy Spirit upon you. But you are to remain in the city of Jerusalem until you are clothed, fully equipped with power from on high. You are to remain. Why are you to remain there? You need to be equipped with power the wisdom of God. So you see, he has already done it. He has already equipped us. The Holy Spirit is right there in us. You have the Holy Spirit. You have access to the ability of God. You have access to the wisdom of God. Praise the Lord. You started off well. You have access. You are not left empty-handed. So no matter what you're facing in that relationship, be it parents, children, relationship, like I said last week. Mostly when I say parents, children, I mean our adults, children. Be it husband, wife, relationship, siblings, even brethren, relationship in a bigger family here. No matter what it is, remember you are of God and you have overcome them. You've overcome all those trials, temptations, afflictions. You are of God. He didn't say you're going to overcome them. He said, don't he say you have what? Overcome them. You better believe. You better just stand with God. Don't begin to fathom in your little brain. How now? It hasn't, I'm just going to. No. God says you have overcome them. Thank him. Father, thank you. I've overcome them. I'm an overcomer. I'm more than a conqueror. The conqueror goes, he conquers, he comes back, he gives it to you because you're more than him. And that is why I say we should always give thanks. All the time. Unto the Father who always leads you in triumph. No matter what you're passing through in that situation. Maybe the devil is fighting hard. Understand, you know how it's going to end. You are an overcomer. You are an overcomer. You need to say amen to that. Is that that stubborn child? Remember the promise of God. God says, train him up the way he should go. Your own is to train him up. When he grows old, what will happen? God says he will never depart from it. He will come back. Just trust God and stand with him. You are a victor. Praise the Lord. You have the nature of God. You have the ability of God. The wisdom of God. You are a child of God. He's your strength. He has made, he made unto you wisdom. Praise the Lord. Made unto you what? Sanctification, righteousness, redemption. If he made this, if the Bible says you were made, he was made unto you wisdom, 
this is what you are. Amen? Has he said it? That is what it is. Amen? So we see some people that exercise wisdom. In the Bible, we see Joseph. I'm not going to read those passages along. We see the story of Joseph there. So Joseph, okay, Joseph 41, 39 says, So Pharaoh said to Joseph, God showed these things to you, so you must be the wisest man. I will put you in charge of my country. I'm going to talk about what happened, why it led to that. Later, we see Daniel. Daniel 1.8. Daniel proposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with a portion of the king's delicacies, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore, he requested of the chief of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. He made a wise decision to honor God. Praise the Lord. The word of God is wisdom. It's the wisdom of God. When you decide to walk in the word, you're walking in wisdom. You're walking in love. Amen. When you step out of walking in the word of God, you're stepping out of walking in wisdom. You're stepping out of walking in love. You need to stay there. Amen. In the word. So we look at the story. The next one we see. Well, Jesus. One good as, you know, access to godly wisdom is meditation. When we look at John 8, 4 to 9, I'm just going to quickly to where Jesus just stooped down and started writing on the ground with his finger when he was being asked some questions. He took his time, thought about it. That is why today we are listening to our lady, our daughter that was doing our pep talk this morning, Sunday school pep talk. He said, be quick to listen. Take time to study. Take time to think about it. Meditate. Jesus stooped down again and wrote again on the ground. And finally, the word of wisdom came out. He who has not seen should be the first to cast that stone. What happened? They all left. Wisdom. Meditation requires time. We need to take time to meditate on those Bible passages that have to do with our situations, our challenges, whatever it is. You need to take time to meditate. Separate yourself from television, from all forms of social media, learn to think, to ponder. The foundation to assessing the wisdom of God is locked in the fear of God. We'll get to that later. Amen? When you fear God, you want to think, you want to ponder about what he said concerning you, concerning your challenge, concerning what you're going through, to see the mind of God. And when you meditate, answer comes. Amen? We need to learn how to read the word of God and squeeze out the wisdom from that word. And then we saw some differences between knowledge and wisdom. Knowledge is what is gathered over time through study of the scriptures. It can be said that wisdom, wisdom acts properly upon that knowledge. When you gather the knowledge, wisdom acts on it. Wisdom is the fitting application of knowledge. Knowledge understands the light has turned red. Wisdom applies the brick. Knowledge sees the quicksand, and wisdom goes around it. Knowledge memorizes the Ten Commandments, while wisdom obeys them. Knowledge learns of God. Wisdom loves him. Praise the Lord. Let us quickly look at what the Bible, the description of the wisdom. We saw Genesis, um, James 3, 13 to 18. He says, if you are wise and understand God's ways, prove it. 
Prove that, prove that you're wise by living an honorable life, doing good works with the humility. This morning, our daughter was talking about humility also that comes from wisdom. Humility comes from true wisdom. If there's any element of pride in you, it's not humility. It is not wisdom. It is not godly wisdom. Some of us just act on our worldly wisdom. And that is why we're puffed up. You see the pride, you see the arrogance, disobedience, difficult to please, fault finding. And you think you're wise. It is the wisdom of the world. It says it is demonic. The wisdom of God is first of all pure. Praise the Lord. If you're bitterly jealous and there is selfish ambition in your heart, don't cover up the truth with boasting and lying. For jealousy and selfishness are not God's kind of wisdom. When you see a trace of jealousy in you and selfishness and you call yourself wise, you're not. He says it is demonic, unspiritual, it is earthly. But the wisdom from above is first of all pure. Praise God. It is peace-loving. You see people like that, all they want is peace. Let there be peace. They will sacrifice anything, their rights, just so there will, there will, be, you know, there will be peace. They're not stupid. They are strong. People like that, like I said, fear them. The wisdom of God is, first of all, pure. It's peace-loving, gentle at all times. Gentle, gentle, gentle. Not noise-making. And willing to yield to others. Some of us, oh my goodness, they can't yield. It has to be their way. My husband said it, but no. He has to understand that this is how it should be. God, when you see these qualities in you, these are the qualities of what? Wisdom from God. Godly wisdom. But when you see otherwise, they are earthly. They are demonic. And you should do what? Learn to do what? Repent. Turn a new leaf. Amen. Proverbs 24, 3 to 7. You know, Hebrews will say in Hebrew, I don't want to speak it, but I'll kind of explain it. When you're doing something right, you say, Jidekiji. Keep, keep on keeping on. Keep doing it. That is what happens when you are worldly. When you see all these qualities in you, I say to you, keep on doing it. Jidekiji. But when it is the opposite, it is time for you to do what? Turn a new leaf. Repent. Praise the Lord. Proverbs 24, 3 to 7 says, True skillful and godly wisdom is a house, a life. A house could be a life, a home, a family be built. You can only build that life, that family, that home through godly wisdom. I'm glad he says godly wisdom. He didn't just say wisdom. So you tell me, it, you, don't, you, you, have, you don't have any opportunity to say, oh, it's number six. If you have number six, ah, he pulled a fast one. Another able one I'm going to translate well, if they trick you, <laughs> they, you know, you're beat. No. It says godly wisdom, true godly wisdom. A house is built, a life is built, a home is built, a family is built. When I ask you, how is your family? How is it with your family? How is it with your home? And then you look away. Somebody is not working in wisdom. If you think you're working, if you say godly wisdom, that is what you use to do what? To build. That is the building block to build that home, to build that family. Praise the Lord. And by understanding, it is established on a sound and good foundation. Like we read, that foundation is Christ. Christ and the word are the same. When you build your life, your relationship based and you react and you act and react. 
based on what, of, what the word of God says, then you're building on a solid rock foundation. When that rain comes, when that storm comes, it will stand. We need to go back to the word of God and build our lives, our relationship, based on the word of God. When you let the word of God take preeminence, when you take, let the word of God take ascendancy, begin to govern your relationship, your actions, your reactions. When it comes to your husband, your children, your parents, your friends, your co-believers. If you do what the word of God says you do, like I said before, you are walking on wisdom. Do not step out of it. If you do, you're stepping out into what? Sin. Praise the Lord. When you walk according to the word, you're walking in love. God is love. When you walk on the word of God, he and his word are the same. You're walking in love and you're ending up in success because that is where it ends. Amen. So, like I was saying, I wanted to do my, that my first Corinthians 130, Christ has become your wisdom. I want you to think about it. Let it be something you're taking away. You have that right to wisdom. You have the legal rights. The ability of God is at your disposal. The mind of God, you already have the mind of Christ. And then we look at Philippians 2.13. Look at the will of God. It is he that is in you that is walking. He that is in you. Let me put it. Let me... Mm. For it is God who is all, uh, this translation, who is all the time effectually at work in you, energizing and creating you, in you the power and desire both to will and to work for his good pleasure and satisfaction and delight. Well, King James, it is God that is at work in you, helping you to will and to do of his good pleasure. You have him on the inside of you. You have everything. We have everything. God's ability in our disposal. We shouldn't have a problem navigating, you know, this life. We shouldn't have a problem with our relationship. No matter what the devil throws at you, know that you are more than a conqueror. You are an overcomer. Praise the Lord. Colossians 1.12 tells us, explains what I'm talking about. Colossians 1.12 says, And you will joyfully give thanks to the Father who has made you able to have a share in all that he has prepared for his people in the kingdom. His ability, his nature, everything, the wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, they are all yours. No matter what you see, I want you when you live here today, begin to believe God. That your situation, that challenge, that whatever it is that you're passing through in that relationship, there is an answer. It's going to end just the way God wants it. His counsel for you in that relationship must prosper. Amen. But you have to agree with God. You have the um, we have the regenerated spirits. The Holy Spirit made it possible. We have regenerated spirits. And you are a partaker of the nature of God. In your spirit. So trust God. No matter how it looks. No matter how it looks. You know how it's going to end. You're a new creation. Second Corinthians 5.17 says. Therefore if anyone. 
is in Christ that is grafted in joined to him by faith in him as Savior. He's a new creature, reborn and renewed by the Holy Spirit. The old things, the previous moral and spiritual condition have passed away. Behold, new things have come because spiritual awakening brings a new life. It does that. Look at it. If anyone is in Christ, you are in Christ. And it explained it here. You are grafted. You are joined to him by faith in him as Savior. In Christ means, you know, that you are born again. You've come into Christ. And you are the branch, part of the branch of that vine. So the believer, you're united with Christ. Romans 6, 5 said, if we become, if we have for if we have become united with him in the likeness of his death, we shall also in the likeness of his, we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. That is your union with Christ. That union means that you are in him. And so he says, therefore, if you are in him, you are now joined to him. You are a new creature. You are a new person altogether. A new being. That is what you are. It's not a question of, you know, uh, your sins have, just your sins have been forgiven, no, or that you've fainted, no, it's not just that. It means that you're a new being, completely new being. So things will take a different shape. Praise the Lord. Having that eternal life is something that gives me joy all the time. I want to try and skip some of, some of these things I did before. So according to Colossians 1.12, he's giving you the ability, it's in you, when you're born again, you receive that nature, his nature. You receive his substance, his life. And along with that, you have the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. And so Jesus fulfilled his promise. He sent the Holy Spirit. God's ability is freely offered to you. Every one of us, we have the ability of God. We have no cause to fail in anything we're doing. If God cannot fail, how can you fail? You have his ability. You just have to stand with him. Amen. So because, so 13 and 14 says, for he has rescued us, I'm reading Colossians 1, 13 and 14, he has rescued us and has drawn us to himself from the dominion of darkness and has transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son, in whom we have redemption because of his sacrifice resulting in the forgiveness of our sins and the cancellation of sins penalty. So when you read this passage, you have been transferred You've been relocated. You're no longer in the kingdom of darkness, in the kingdom of that tyrant. You are now in the kingdom of the son of his love. So things that happen in that kingdom will no longer affect you. You don't belong there. The price has been paid. The sacrifice has been made. And it was accepted. So that is why whenever we read this, we remember you must never give room to anything that is negative, contrary to what God has designed for you, whether it be sickness or disease or failure or poverty, but you never give room, pains, arthritis, all of them. You cannot give room. They are a thing of the past. Praise the Lord. You have been transferred, relocated. So they are now a thing of the past. You've gone beyond. No, 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 you're no longer there. Praise the Lord. It's a thing of the past. I tell myself that. I say, no, you're a thing of the past. Praise the Lord. I have been translated transferred from that kingdom of darkness where you rule and dominate arthritis and all the pains and sickness. I'm now in the kingdom of the son of his love. He has paid the full price for me. 
Praise the Lord. It is not so with the unbelievers, like I said yesterday. When you read Ephesians 4.17, I, I just read this, oh God. So it says, um, this, this I say, therefore, and testify to the Lord, that ye no longer walk as the Gentiles also walk in the vanity of their unbelieving. These people have no hope. They refuse to have the knowledge of God, not the ability of God, not, you know, the wisdom of God. And so God does not force himself on anyone. He let them be. And what did Satan do? Come back and fill them up. Praise the Lord. He filled their minds with darkness. That is how their minds are. What I just read, Ephesians 4, 17. Darkness, but you're not so. Praise the Lord. Praise God. So, because your mind is renewed, you're no longer walking around with a darkened mind. Your spirit is recreated. You've received the nature and life of God and the mind. Your mind now becomes renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created you. The moment that the spirit is recreated, the mind begins to be renewed and brought into perfect harmony with the recreated spirits. And this happened by you constantly studying the word of God. Your spirit is recreated. It's in line with that of God. But your mind needs to be renewed so you can walk hand in hand with the spirit of God. Praise the Lord. When the mind is renewed and brought into fellowship, like I said yesterday, with the recreated spirit, then we are able to begin to receive the wisdom from God. You cannot receive wisdom without a renewed mind. Amen. So wisdom is in the word of God. The spirit will illuminate the scriptures for us. I pray every day, Holy Spirit, renew, do what? Illuminate the scripture and then help me so I can now understand the mind of God in this situation, the mind of my father. Almost you have the Holy Spirit. Jesus did as he promised. Rely on the Holy Spirit. Pray, ask him to do what? To illuminate that word for you. Illuminate the scripture so you'll understand the mind of God concerning that situation. Wisdom is in the word of God. God is love. Therefore, wisdom is found in love. If you walk or act in wisdom, you walk in love and you will never act out of love when you walk in wisdom. Wisdom always follows after love. Our God is the all-wise God, but at the same time, he is love. Everything that God has ever done, will ever do, comes from what? The realm of what? Love. Atmosphere of love. God never acts outside of love. No matter what it is. Praise the Lord. And then the love of God, motivation of our lives. So 1 Corinthians, when you read 1 Corinthians, you begin to see the characteristics of this God's kind of love that I'm talking about. Perfect love. When you read it, and then you meditate on this scripture, that 1 Corinthians 13, then this God's kind of love will begin to dominate your thinking. It begins to dominate your thinking. Whatever a man thinks in his heart, that is what he is. When your thinking is dominated, your heart is changed. Praise the Lord. And this way, <clears throat> changes will be effected in that relationship. But you need to meditate on that scripture, 1 Corinthians 13, and see the characteristics of the agape kind of love. I'm not talking about the human love. When you walk in the word of God, when you, you walk what, in the wisdom of God, you're walking in love. 
do not step out of it. When you step out of it, you step into selfishness, which is the opposite of agape love, and you don't want that. Amen. And so as you begin to walk in that um, 1 Corinthians 13, 14, the Father, you begin to see the nature of God in you begin to make be made manifest before people. If you walk in that love, that agape kind of love, well, there will be no mistake. You will not say you made any mistake because there is no mistake with God. You will not do wrong. There is no sin in this kind of love. Like we said yesterday, you can see there is sin in the old kind of love, the natural love of the human heart, but not in God's kind of love. So to walk in this kind of love, I keep repeating, is to walk in God. And to walk in God is to walk in wisdom. And to walk in wisdom ends in success. Praise the Lord. So quickly, I'll see John 10. He says, the thief comes only to only in order to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it more abundantly. And so I'm looking at, look at how God came. Just to give you life in abundance. So you have life, have it in abundance, enjoy it. Eternal life begins the moment you come into Christ. Praise the Lord. And John, in John 17, 3, it says, and this is eternal life. It means to know him, to perceive, to recognize, become acquainted with and understand him. The only true and real God. And to know Jesus Christ. The anointed one. The Messiah. Praise the Lord. And John 5, John 5 24 declares that he who believes has passed out of death into life. And no judgment comes on him. And then 1 John 5 12 says he that hath the son has life. 5 13 says these things have I written unto you that you may know that you have eternal life even unto you that believe in the name of the Son of God. So this is not a hope of you have it, eternal life. No, it actually says you have it. When it says you have it, then you have it. Praise the Lord. So when you receive this nature, what happens? You cannot have two natures at the same time. It takes the place of the satanic nature. In your relationships, things begin to happen. And your husband will begin to wonder, I want what she has. And the wife will begin to wonder, what does he have? There's something he has that I want. Always peaceful. He's so accommodating. He's so forgiving. He's so generous. Even I yelled at him. I did this. I did that. He still came in. He ordered food. I was sleeping. I didn't have any reason not to cook. But he came back. He saw me tired. He ordered food. What does he have? Light. The darkness can never comprehend light. Praise the Lord. That light in you will begin to shine. It will be made manifest. I want you to come to the place where you are challenging your spouse to outdo each other in agape love. As you live here today and learn to walk in the word of God, you're learning to walk in wisdom, in agape love. You outdo each other in that love and see your marriage take turn for the best. Amen. You enjoy your marriage, you no longer enjoy it. Your children, your adult children get to understand you. They love you more. They understand you more. You get to love them more because they are also working in agape love. Let it be a challenge in our household today. Walking in agape kind of love. Amen. And that is the objective. That is why Christ came. Just simply so you can have what? Life in abundance. That is why he came. That is why he died. He went to the cross. 
Praise the Lord. So why would you ignore it? It is a whole lot. Praise the Lord. <clears throat> so I talked about, you know, uh, eternal life. When it comes into a man, I use myself as an example. Things begin to change. You no longer want to walk in the company, the old company of friends that you used to have that would drink and dance and while away time and everything. You want to keep to yourself. You want to study more of the word. You get hungry to read the word. I remember me running back from market in those days because today you have all cars, estates. Okay, they had the, the capital. But then we didn't even have streets. Cars don't even drive in many of those streets. They're just very narrow. You just have to use a um, tricycle or cada. You use Okada. But then instead of me to ride that Okada that scares me, I would you know, prefer to do what to walk from that AK market to, her, to home. And guess what I'm doing when I'm walking? I'm full of joy. As a baby Christian, I don't know what happens you know, to us. That joy of the Lord, I, I'm hungry to get home and bring out my deck Bible and begin to digest it. I bring out my other translation. I have all of them. Just the joy of him speaking to you. Hearing him fills your heart. People begin to notice that something is different in your relationship, the way you treat your husband, the way you treat your wife, the way you treat your parents, your children. People will begin to notice it. Praise the Lord. Because just as the tree is made alive with the sap that comes to it from the ground through the roots, so also your spirit, your recreated spirit will be made alive with a new life pouring in from the heart of your father. The new life is pouring in. All that he wants is what you want. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Praise God. Let me quickly go to at least one or two things that I have for today. Praise God. I'll quickly, quickly see if I can run fast and go to James. So the secret of wisdom, let me even do this one. God made Jesus to be our wisdom, right? Just as he made him to be your righteousness and your sanctification and your redemption. If Jesus is our wisdom, how are we to use that wisdom? The entire redemptive program is based on faith. You know that. Because I keep asking myself this wisdom. And faith comes through the word of God. As you continue to hear the word of God, as you continue to study the Bible, which is called the word of faith, faith begins to be produced in your heart. It is the product of your acting intelligently upon the word of God. Jesus has made you, has, made, has been made wisdom unto you. And what do you do? You sit back, you claim it, you thank God for it, and you enjoy it. Praise the Lord. You're looking for something else, right? It's all about faith. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> yes. Godly wisdom does not come from any human source or from our faculties, any reasoning faculty. No. It's a word. Praise God. So in order to develop this wisdom also, there are things that can help us. Joshua 1.8. The book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you shall make your way prosperous, and then you shall deal wisely and have a good success. In that relationship, what are you doing? 
Look at Joshua, a whole captain of how many battalions? I don't know. But God gave him the, this Joshua 1.8 as the secret to his success. And that is the same thing with you. You begin to go through the word of God. What is God saying concerning that situation? As you meditate on it day and night. It means you're living in it. You're breathing that word. You're living in that word. And that will begin to take its place. The place of Jesus in your life. Meditation is the way to go. When you meditate on the word of God, I read one man, he says, it's like you have a visit with Jesus. Joshua 1, he told Joshua to meditate in the word day and night. In other words, to live in it. You have to live in the word, live in it, consign that particular challenge in your life. Whether your marriage, your business, whatever it is, the word of God will always deliver. So that notwithstanding also, I want us to also look at what Job said. The scripture said the fear of the Lord is the hate of evil. So let me go to the other one. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Job feared the Lord. Remember, Job actually feared the Lord. I cannot go back to the passage where Job was speaking about the fear of God. He was a wise man, and according to him, the reason for his wisdom was the fear of the Lord, James, Job 28, 28. So the same thing with Daniel, we saw the fear of God. The same thing with Joseph, the fear of God. He said, how can I do to my, how can I do this terrible sin before God? The fear of God. If we have the fear of God, the way we talk to people, the way we talk to our spouses, to our, in our relations, whatever we do, how we steal people the time in our workplace, whatever. If the fear of God, you apply the fear of God, you're applying wisdom and you have good success. Amen. Um. Praise God. Yeah, we have examples of people who didn't walk in wisdom. We saw Samson, the great man that eventually failed, committed suicide. He was trying to take revenge on his enemies, committed suicide. God is not a respecter of persons. He failed it. He missed it. Praise the Lord. And that was how he ended. I'm trying to get to the passages I've not even touched at all. I want us to look at the book of... Okay, one, I want us to even look at um, John 14, 23. Jesus answered, if a person really loves me, he will keep my word, obey my teaching, and my father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home, our abode, special dwelling place with him. If you live in the word of God and you keep the word of God, you will act on it. If Jesus and the father made their home with you, 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 I mean, you can't, you can't imagine how that home will be. The father, the son, they are living with you. They live in your house. They will supp- he will supply every need. He will, meet every, he will meet you at the point of every need. Sickness will go. Diseases will go. Failures will turn out. Leave your house. Remember what he did with Peter. He used Peter's boat. And then he came and said, Peter, cast down the net. Peter said, Master, Lord, we've toiled all night. We had nothing. But for your sake, I will, this one more time, I will do it. And when he did it, he cast that net. What happened? Fishes. 
thousands and so much that they could not even get it out. If he did it for Peter, he rewarded him. And he comes to live in your house by you living in the word of God, abiding in that word. You think situations will arise that will overpower you. No. If he did it for Peter, he would do it for you. Praise the Lord. Um, so I want us to look at James. James 1, 5 to 7. If any of you is deficient in wisdom, let him ask of the uh, let him ask of the giving God who gives to everyone liberally and ungrudgingly without reproaching or fault finding, and it will be given him. Only it must be in faith that he asks, that he asks with no wavering, no hesitating, no doubting. For the one who wavers, hesitates, doubts, is like the billowing surge out at the sea that is blown hither and thither and tossed by the wind. For truly, let not such a person imagine that he will receive anything he asks, he asks for from the Lord. So this thing has been a constant problem to me, praise the Lord, asking for wisdom. It has always bothered me. And then I started to look at the passage we read today. And I said, thinking, why would God say he's God's wisdom? We have the wisdom of God in Christ. And then why would I be asking? James is saying we should ask for wisdom. And as I began to think about it and read about it, I told myself, and I'm telling you today, I want you to come up to the place where you go beyond having men of God, praying to God, asking God to give you wisdom. I want us to get beyond, if you know what I mean. I want us to be in that place where we will now believe God, trust him, thank him. As we step out of the house, as we face any challenge, you are my wisdom. Thank you, Lord, that your wisdom, did I have your wisdom? I'll do this one. In this crisis, I know I have the, uh, have the victory because you are my wisdom. I see James talking to people who are not yet in tune with their rights and privileges, their redemptive rights and privileges that he has already paid for. I want us to get beyond asking for wisdom that God will give us and get to the place where we will stand boldly with Christ and say thank you because you are my wisdom. Because I feel like that passage, every day, my husband, when we are doing our devotion, that thing comes up. You see me, he sees the frown on my head. I keep thinking, why? Why would, is this not contradictory? Why would James say one thing? And here was the Lord, he's telling us something else. It began to bother me. Another one that bothered me was again, James. The same James 5, 14 to 16. Is anyone among you sick? He should call in the church, the church elders, the spiritual guides, and they should pray over him, anointing him with oil in the Lord's name and the prayer of faith. He goes on, we save the sick. And then I, I, I look at 1 Peter 2.24 that says, by his stripes, you are healed. And I begin to wonder, which one do I choose? If my faith, if I am matured enough to stand in the place of what? Maturity and claim and stand with him. I say, by his stripes, I'm healed. And I walk on my divine healing. I will not need to ask, you know, ask for elders to come and lay their hands on me. Then I can, it's like canal thing. I have to feel their hand. I have to feel the oil. I have to be fine. I believe it's okay 
but I want us to get beyond that place. In the church where we are, this church, I'm telling you, the word of God, the word of God, we eat it every day, undiluted word of God. We're supposed to have grown to the place where we'll stand and say, by his stripes, I'm healed. Jesus took my sicknesses. He carried my diseases. I have no lack. We'll ask, we're supposed to stand in the place where we say, Jesus took my poverty. He gave me riches. I am the heir of the kingdom. I'm joined here with Christ. We've got into the place where we can stand up for ourselves and claim what rightly belongs to you. And that is what I want us to do from now going forward. You know, be the people that James is referring to. For me, they are not strong enough. I don't want to be there. As you leave here today, say, challenge, I'm throwing to your way. By his stripes, we are healed. We're not asking for the elders to lay hands to pour oil so we can feel it and then, oh, now, no. I want you to stand and begin to do what? Confess that word and stand with God and believe it. Praise the Lord. We're going beyond that. Because otherwise, Ephesians 1, 3 says, may blessing, praise, laudation, and eulogy be to God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed you in Christ with every, every spiritual blessing, every single one of them. Praise the Lord. You're already yours. Amen. So we're going to come up to the place where we stand and take what rightly belongs to us. Praise God. I think I'm going to just go off and leave a ton of what I'm supposed to say. Maybe I'll continue. Praise God. So wisdom, after all, is this new, this new thing that we're learning. Maybe we've known them before. But wisdom is yours. The fruit of wisdom will make your lives beautiful. It will make your life Jesus-like. The fruit of wisdom is the fruit of love. For Christ is made unto you wisdom and love. So you can see there will be no bitterness, there will be no rancor, there will be no jealousy, no hatred, no slander, no selfish and selfishly taking advantage of others. But each one of us, when we walk in this God's kind of wisdom, will be filled with this wisdom and will begin to walk in the highest realm of love in life. And as we do that, success is our portion, no matter the situation. The word of God never fails. Praise the Lord. Shall we bow our heads in prayer? Shall we bow our heads in prayer? Father, we just want to thank you. You are an awesome God, Father. Thank you for all you brought our way today. May you continue to speak to us in the language we can understand. Even at the end of all this, we'll continue to hear you and get clearer and clearer.